The tools to make the moves, the keys for what you need. Opportunity knocking, yeah. They got the right price. This ain't no game. It's a house heist. It's a house heist. Around here, we call it a house heist, meaning get the knowledge before you discuss price. So when investments knock, you be there to answer. Then you can be the boss just like Tony Danza. Gab and Herb gon' hit you with the word. So open up your mind and be prepared to learn the best tips for the flip. Yo, it's lit. I'm talking large estates on large estates. It's Come on. House Heist. All right. Welcome to House Heist Uncut. Where we talk about everything related to real estate, the mindset, and making money. Uh, having a little fun while you do it. That's right. So, of course, quarantine has kind of shifted us and gotten us uh, here. Uh, I know we had a lot of people to tune into House Heist on television, but because of the film crews and all that stuff with COVID, we cannot film. So we're here and we are uncut. And so we're going to be bringing everything related to real estate to you guys. So stay tuned. Not only just real estate, like I said, we're just going to have a conversation. It's going to be uncut. Nothing scripted. Uh, we don't have anything written down. When we film and everything is pretty much got to do this, 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 this. This right here, we open. We can relax. We can relax. You see, we got our cups right here. So no telling what's in the cup. <laughs> it's water. I'm going to sip my water. Mm. <laughs> Fabulous water. All right, so let's get going. So this is our very first episode, and this is a little strange for me. Coming from being out, you know, I love people, being in the public, to just me and you sitting here in our fabulous studio. So, yes. I'm a little nervous, guys. So, we always like to start a segment off with something that's funny. Some they said, and you know what they say. <laughs> we'll never know who they is or are, or however you say that shit, you know. But it's they. That's what we're going to start with. What they said. What they said, they say T.O. is going to Jack State. And they said Warren Sepp is going to Jack State. But I'm a searcher, and I have not found one single article on they They say it. But Primetime is going to Jack State. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- now that's huge. That, that is, is huge. absolutely huge. Congratulations, Primetime. That is awesome and phenomenal. Congratulations, Jack State. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and you know, I, I saw his video of where he gave the speech, um, and he's just been really post. I mean, he is pumped. He is so excited about uh, this new opportunity for him. And I saw the speech that he said that he wants Jackson State to send just as many NFL players to the league, and I feel like he's going to do it. I'm a TSU grad. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm an honorary. I'm, I'm honorary TSU. I am elated for Jack State. <laughs> But Tigers, I hope y'all whooped that ass. Yeah. I'm honorary TSU, so you know, <laughs> I'm all for TSU. I went to one homecoming and I was uh, inducted into the honorary society. Uh, she got turned <laughs> from UAB. <laughs> LSU, LSU by way of LSU, don't leave out hey, my Tigers now. She she forget about that. She went to UAB. No, she don't tell nobody about that. One. <laughs> don't okay. leave out my Tigers. All right, so first episode, House Heist Uncut. We actually want to hear from you. So if you're not a part of our House Heist page on Facebook, please join our community, and we want to hear more topics from you there. Absolutely. We are very mindset people. When I say mindset, we always like to do something that that helps you get better while it helps us get better. So the word for today is limits. When you hear limits, what 
What do you think about Gap? When I hear the word limit, I think about what can I do to break that glass ceiling? And one of my favorite, favorite quotes is, limits are like fear. I mean, is it limits like fear? <laughs> you got to remember your quote now. Yeah, you be quotes right. stuff. <laughs> limits are like an illusion. It doesn't exist. I think that's what it says. All right, let me turn my phone on silent. Yeah, limits are like if, limits are like limits. <laughs> limits are like fear. Like I said, it's an illusion. It doesn't exist. It doesn't it's exist. right behind me. Mm-hmm. If y'all see that. Mm-hmm. So, but so limits. You know, in life, growing up, your parents, your grandparents, and people around you, they always put limits on you. And the reason they put those limits on you, it's out of fear. Uh, they was trying to protect you, as well as protect their self. Um, and as you get older, you realize that was that person's thinking, and thought process. Mm -hmm. So what we're telling you is, as a parent or as a kid, as a parent, please don't put your limits on your children. That's right. And as as kids, please don't put limits on yourself because really they are an illusion and they don't exist. Um, You can go as far as you can actually think. And one of my things I always say, like, think bigger. Think Mm -hmm. bigger. Mm -hmm. Think big, think bigger. So whatever limits you have on yourself, you have placed upon yourself today, remove them and go What do you think, and that is so true that you say that, because I grew up, I mean, I had a very close, I have a very close-knit family. You do? Um, You know, my grandfather, he worked very hard, uh, provided for us, you know, always talked about, you know, making sure that you stay, got a job, went to college, got a job, stayed on that job, kept your credit going, paid your bills. And those kind of things. And you retire from that job and you go home and sit down somewhere. And so, and like you said, it's it's your parents and your grandparents coming from a place that they know. And it's really to protect you. Um, I don't think they mean anything by it. But how do you overcome that when the closest people around you, such as your family, not saying my family did this, but such as your family, because a lot do, when you try to share your dreams and your aspirations mm-hmm. Um, and the sky is the limit, and we always hear these things and go for it. How do you overcome those things? What is some advice that you would give to people? Mm, advice I would give is uh, one of the favorite poets uh, said this. His name is Jeezy. He said, get your mind right. So get your mind right. Basically, if you share your dreams and your goals and your aspirations with other people and they can't see what you see, there's nothing wrong with them. They don't that that dream, that aspiration, that goal wasn't given to them. It wasn't for them. It That's wasn't right. for it was for you. That's right. So you sharing it with them, they can't in their mind, they can't think about what you're saying. That's right. Um, That's right. Because they never thought that big, or they don't think as you think, which is nothing wrong with them. You know, they're fine with you know going to work nine to five if that's what they do, or they're fine doing whatever. They're fine being a family person. Do not down them for being who they are. But at the same time, it's your goal, so it was given to you. It wasn't given to anybody else, so it's, you, it's for you to work through it and uh, achieve it. And <coughs> the problem with goals, what's in that, what's in that cup Sorry, I just got choked. I, I was trying to wait to swallow, so I wouldn't swallow so hard in the mic, my bad. Oh, wow. <laughs> you can edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to uh, swallow in the mic, and I was trying to hold it, and I swallowed. Mm. My bad. What you, what you swallowing? Uh, uh, a little water. <laughs> water. 
I'm sorry, it's uncut. So, you know, when you're filming, you know, we get a lot of editing and filming. I promise right. you we do. It's like some of the stuff we say and do, you be like, did I just get tongue-tied? Did I yeah. say that? That right. was ass backwards. But here... <laughs> I mean, we just gonna flow and and talk and and just be ourselves. And so, like I said, we miss you guys. We've been in quarantine, and so here we are, raw and authentic. Raw and authentic. She 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 didn't pass the fifth grade. Are you smarter than a fifth grade? Homewood education. Homewood education. Hurrah for Homewood. My education came from Kingston. I love me. Wait, some hold on, wait one second. Let's clarify this right now. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Because I swear you said five different places. Hey, I grew up in five different boroughs: <laughs> Kingston, Southtown, Gay City, uh, Avondale. You name it, I grew up in. So what we're saying to you is take those limits off yourself, and you know, as as they say, just fly and soar and and. When you, if you fail, because you will fail at some things, don't take that as God didn't want me to do that. That's right. Uh, you know, God is big as he, and He's bold and He's beautiful. So he Pastor Mike, to- Lord, Pastor Mike has blessed me <laughs> during the quarantine. Yes, he yes, has. big, big, yeah, big. Yes, big. yes, he has. Absolutely. So, uh, like I said, remove those limits from yourself, and and. In life, you're going to have setbacks or failures, and failures are good because they let you know what you were doing. You need to tweak it. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean you need to altogether, you know, God don't want me to do this. Mm-hmm. That means it's just a, it's, it's a, you got to re- tweak what you just did mm-hmm. um, so you can keep on going. If something you really want to do, if that's a passion and desire and you committed to doing it, Keep moving. That's right. That's Keep right. Moving. And we, we talked about being big and, yeah. and just thinking big. Thinking, and, yeah. and, you know, Pastor Mike has been a blessing in our lives and in our household during mm-hmm. the quarantine and mm-hmm. beyond. And so, yeah, just thinking big and growing big. Yes. And, you know, just, you know, you hear about the stories of people that really came from nothing. Yes. Um, you know, you mentioned um, Coach, Coach Ogeron, yeah. Yeah, Coach O from LSU, G-E-A-U-X, Tigers. Grow time. <laughs> Go <laughs> and so, you know, you talk about, you know, if you've ever heard his story, how he really grew up on in the bayou, like yes. the swamps. If you have guys have ever been to Louisiana, you know, it's like the swamp, seriously. And he grew up uh, on working hard uh, on a, a fish boat, uh, not a, a fish boat, boat, a shrimp boat. Yeah. Just working, working, working. And he actually got a scholarship to LSU and was there for what? Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. And it was just too overwhelming for him being from a small country town. And he left, um, and his dad always told him and instilled in him, one day you'll get to go to an LSU game without having to pay. Without having to pay. Because he wanted to go to an LSU game. Uh, as a little boy. As a little kid. And mm-hmm. um, I, when he left the team, he had to come home. And it's so funny. People tease him in his neighborhood. They say, you quit or you couldn't stand it. You couldn't take it. Um, you had to quit on us. So um, he was digging dishes. Mm-hmm. He was digging dishes alongside the road, and people would drive by and say, "You quitter, you quitter." Because mm-hmm. think about growing up in a small country town. Everybody know who you yeah, are. Everybody in knows a small who you country are. town. Right. I'm from Gippsland, Louisiana. Okay, yeah. so everybody know who I am. So, but he kept working. Um, he started off. Where did he go first? Uh, I don't know the whole. But he kept working. He went to USC. You know, USC wanted to offer him. They didn't want him as as the head coach, and the reason being, he was too Louisiana. Uh, he didn't fit their culture. He didn't have golf Cajun. clubs. Yeah. yeah, he was too Cajun. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't worldly enough. He wasn't worldly enough. He didn't have that surfer look that they wanted out there. So um, 
but he kept working. He didn't look at it as a as a, mm-hmm. a uh, as a setback. Mm-hmm. So lo and behold, LSU call. They went on to win what? National championship. Mm-hmm. They did that. Okay. So we say it one more time. So we say. And they beat who? Who did they beat? <laughs> <laughs> they had an undefeated season, so they pretty much beat everyone they played. Oh, good for them. Good for them. <laughs> so the moral of the story. <laughs> Think big. Think bigger. No limits. No limits. No limits. And we say that and we take that for granted, but you are the individual that put the limits on your life. You really are. When I said no limit, my mind just shifted to Master P. Uh. <laughs> so, you know, we, we keep talking about these fabulous Louisiana people. You know, I'm a Louisiana girl, so this is awesome. awesome. But, you know, we watched the docuseries on yes. Master P. Yes. And, you know, his story was amazing as well. And so you just really, and and that's really what we do in our downtime. We look at documentaries and we study and we read. And, I mean, he reads a thousand times more than I do. Um, You know, I'm more of a visual, uh, auditory kind of person. I like to listen and feel what I'm hearing and taking in. But, yeah, I mean, you just really hear about people that have come from really nothing uh, to, you know, release the limits on their lives. Yeah, and pretty much most African Americans come from humble beginnings to mm-hmm. achieve great success. Mm-hmm. Um, you have your, your few that are raised by, you know, middle class, which is, which is great, and that's phenomenal for the culture. But for the most part, you have a lot of us that really starts with nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as, as a child, starting from nothing, you, you always want to, you wish your parents were a doctor, you wish your parents were a lawyer, or you wish your parents had this job or a CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, you wish you was in a better neighborhood. But the thing about that is when I was young and youthful, I used to think beyond where I was in my circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that that was a part of me taking the limits off my life. Mm. And if you remove yourself from, from where you are, I mean, you live in there. Don't get me wrong. But you got to think beyond that place. Mm-hmm. And when you can think beyond where you are, you're destined to get where you're going. Mm-hmm. I love so, that. So anytime you're in a rut or anytime you're actually uh, feeling down or, and, and, and kind of having setbacks, the quickest way to get out of that is to think, think of the person who you see yourself and visualize yourself being. Mm-hmm. Don't think of where you are right at that point. Yes, you are at that point, and you have some decisions to make to get you to where you're going. But the quickest way to get out of that rut and out of that out of that feeling bad about yourself is to think about where you're going and who you are and who you see yourself as being. That's the quickest thing to do. Absolutely. Just look beyond the wall. Yes. So enough of this boring stuff, right? It's we came not boring. here. This I is know. pretty deep to me. Yeah, I just know. got motivated. It's empowering. Over here. It's empowering. It really is. And yeah. we're here to empower you each and every week. Uh, we're Absolutely. here to put um, to actually help you make some money in real estate too, as well, right? All right, that's Let's what we talk, talk about. That. That's so, what of for. course, you know the guru HBJ, the mogul, and the fabulous Gabrielle Henderson. Gabby sells home all day, every day, twenty-four-seven, <laughs> seven days a week, three sixty-five grind. That's right. So, let's dig into it. Our topic for the day is how to make your first investment in real estate. And I break down real estate into five different categories. Now, under these categories, you got titles and subtopics and topics and, and more subtopics. Uh, you can purchase the ebook for additional information. Mm. Coming soon, yes. Um, but these subtopics, I'm, I'm going to make it easy and simple for you. First thing, you got to find, find your investment. That's the very first thing. You got to find an investment. Second thing is you got the ROI. 
return on your investment. How much you gonna make off your investment? That's the most important part of. That's the only thing I really look at because you know I've been in the business since I was 21 years old, and so I kind of I'm looking at numbers now. But that's what I look. at. I look at the ROI, and the third thing is is buying your investment, um, getting the money, putting the money together. Where are you gonna get the money from? Who's gonna give you the money? Are you partnering with somebody? Are you using a hard money lender? Are you using a bank? Are you using your own money? And then the next thing is, which is the most important part of it all, is the fixing, the mm-hmm. fixing it up, the rehabbing it. And you know, the rehabbing is a process within itself, within the process. Uh, you got to make sure you're getting the right material. You got to make sure you're using the right contractor. You got to make sure that she's staying on budget. You got to make sure you're staying on schedule. Mm-hmm. That right there is vitally important because it all affects your ROI. And the last thing is selling. Getting to the closing table, smiling, shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, getting that check. <laughs> Taking pictures for for the gram, for the gram and for gram. Facebook. Yeah. yeah, so that's the. But, but what did it take to get there? Yeah. And so let's dig into these these five topics a little bit here. Um, number one, we talked about finding the property or the deal. Mm-hmm. And finding the property is not as easy as it sounds, um, but it it can be challenging. So. What you look for? What do you look for? Well, first off, <clears throat> you're the realtor. I Tell me what should this. I be looking for as, as an investor? You have to find and partner mm-hmm. with the right real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's number one in finding. Mm-hmm. And so if you're an investor and you're searching for a property, you have to know and understand the areas yes. that you're looking in, okay. number one. Mm-hmm. You have to know what it is you're buying. And so you're going to rely heavily on that real estate agent or that real real estate partner, that realtor, to help guide you in finding the right properties. So your team is vitally important, as you're saying. Basically, you got to have the right team. So a part of that team is a real estate agent. The second person, uh, persons that are important to that team are contractors. Ah, You got to have the right contracts. When I started this That you trust. That you trust. When I started at 21... Oh, my God. I didn't know what I was doing. I went out there blind. I read a book, and I said, you know what? I can do this. Well, I could do it, but could I do it right? <laughs> I had a lot of houses where the plumbing was done so wrong that the people called me back and said, we're moving out because it was backing up in the streets. You had uh, the, the the floors falling through after the contract said so he's fixed it. The roof was sagging. Or the, or the I remember one when I first started working with you. The uh, HVAC guy has stuffed the newspaper in the vent. I have no idea why he did that. <laughs> we call yeah. that rigging. But but now the thing about it, oh, you call it rigging for real. The yeah. thing about that though, that's <clears throat> the crazy part about that. He was actually a licensed HVAC contractor. Yes. So all contracts, because so, they have license, does not mean they give you the most or the best quality of work. Right. And quality is vitally important. So uh, finding. Finding, you got to have that right team. Uh, you need an agent. You need some wholesalers, uh, which you're, hopefully, you're, hopefully your agent is connected with. Right. And uh, you need some contractors. So when you go out and you find that property, let's say your, your, your agent sends you over a property, and you say, okay, I'm going to go look at this property. First of all, you got to look at when you get – when you drive in that car, look at the area. Ah. See what the area is has in it. Look at the aesthetics of the houses next to it. Are there renters in the area? If there are, that's fine. But see how the neighborhood is kept. And once you do that, you drive up to the house. And you and your contractor and your agent walk out and y'all look around the property. Now, the, the most vital things to look at when you're looking at a property are all the components, which is the HVAC, the roof, the foundation, 
electrical, and the plumbing. Those five things, if those five things are somewhat okay, well, you can move forward. Me personally, I like the houses that are jacked up, like none of that. They can take all oh that my out gosh, of there. You see the beauty in everything. Yeah, I like the house that people do not want. You know why? That's a bigger return on my investment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth. It's the truth. That means I can get that home for a little less than nothing. Right. Um, and I know it's going to take X amount of dollars to get this property where it needs to be. Um, but it's up to me to, to get the quality of work for, out of my contractors. Um, so and let me jump in here on the when you talk about contractors because <clears throat> quite frankly, <clears throat> some contractors can do a good job and they know how to do the work, but they may not necessarily have the um, the, eye. the eye for things yes. or that um, that finisher. You know, yes. you have to be a strong finisher and have that attention to, to detail. detail. Mm-hmm. And honestly, just like with everything that goes on, whether you work for someone or whatever it is you do, it starts from the top. Yes. And so that starts from you, the investor, making sure that you, the, the contractor understands what it is you want. Absolutely. Um, and not just taking the contractor's word. So, I mean, things, I cannot stand when you go into a property and you see a, a, a home that's finished and it's the, the line is crooked on the baseboard. Yes. I mean, it just took a little bit of adding that tape and making that straight line. I mean, those small painting, things, yeah, painting. from painting. Yes, yeah. yes. Those okay. small things, you know, they really add that extra pop to it. Yes, they do. They do. Most flips or most real estate in, in investments, you'll find that the woman. Oh, the, the woman, another thing I can't stand. The woman is popcorn the ceilings. Yeah. Oh Lord Jesus! If you contractors and investors do not get rid of popcorn ceilings from the 1970s, I'm gonna scream. You cannot tell me a home is completely renovated and you still left the popcorn ceilings in that property. You know what? Ain't nothing wrong with popcorn. Oh, you ceilings. don't do that. Do you leave popcorn ceilings in a house heist homes? Not in homes, but in apartments. I, I do. We talking we talk about investing homes. This is an investment. We talking about flipping. No, we talking about rehabbing. Don't do that. Flipping, you just, you just don't do that. Painting carpet. Don't do that. Don't do that. We not leaving popcorn ceilings. Twenty twenty, but no popcorn ceilings. You can leave popcorn ceilings. In what? In a rental properties. So see, people are gonna take this what you're saying in Housewives University and start leaving popcorn ceilings because <laughs> you said that they can leave popcorn ceilings. Well. And, and please clarify that. Uh, when I say you can leave popcorn please ceilings. Please clarify that. Most people don't like popcorn ceilings. It's, no, 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 no. It's, it's outdated. Let's, let's not talk about what people don't like. Let's talk about the aesthetics of the home. Uh, ain't nothing wrong with the popping of the corn. Are you joking right now? I am joking. <laughs> you got to be kidding <laughs> but me. at the same time, I take popcorn ceilings down off of mine. And it's, it's a process to take popcorn ceilings down. And you have to do it right, too, as well. So... Make sure you have the right contractors who can remove the popcorn ceiling. And once the popcorn ceiling is removed, they need to come in and skim uh, mud across the uh, or sheetrock mud across the ceilings. And then they need to come back in and sand. And then they need to come back in and and, and you, you, run mud across the ceilings again because popcorn, for whatever reason, or other, they leave stains. They leave this this texture that if you paint over it, you can actually see it. So make sure. It, it's an art to removing popcorn ceilings, so make sure you get the right people that can do that. Okay, you're digging a little bit too far into the book. I just wanted to give y'all something <laughs> that y'all can really so that's a feel. All right. Because popcorn ceiling, she can't stand. You saw how she looked. Right? Oh, my gosh, I hate it. Okay, all right, moving on. Uh, number two. Analyzing the deal. 
And a lot of people might ask, how do you analyze a deal? You analyze a deal from a number standpoint. And at the end of the day, when I analyze a deal, I'm going to just let you know this. It's all about how much money I want to make from investing my money into this property. Oh. <clears throat> Realtor speaking here. And that does not matter. It does not matter what the comparative market analysis is, what the realtor's opinion is, or what the home directly across the street or next door sold for. Mm-hmm. It's all about what HBJ feels he can get for his property. When you invest in money, you have a certain amount of money you want in return. <laughs> so I have a threshold that I feel comfortable with from investing my money. So let's say you invest 100000 in a property. Mm-hmm. Easy math. Easy math, okay. I like 20% returns on my investment. You can't get 20% returns on the stock market, but you can get it in investing in real estate. So I like 20% returns. So if I invest 100000 I want a $20,000 return. Over X amount of days. That's what I like. Now, sometimes if I know I can sell this property within, like we just did, we took a property, bought it for X amount of dollars, 100000 and we making 20% return in a matter of 30 days. I bought it one day, put it on the market the next day, and I get a 20% return. That's a good return to me. Now, if I have to cut my Profit margin just a little bit, I have no problem with that, but I have that threshold that I want to make. Now, that's okay, that's the that's analytics. Fair. That's fair. That's, that's fair. the analytics of the business. It's simple. Budget for what it's going to cost you to rehab it, what the contractor is going to charge you, what the material is going to cost. Mm-hmm. What I want to make, closing costs, holding costs, soft costs. Holding costs and soft costs, all that stuff is like uh, power, water, uh, how much the bank or whoever's going to charge you to borrow the money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you put all that in this bowl and you mix it up, it becomes gumbo. And out of that gumbo, you get, you know, your return. So Ooh, I think I'm making some gumbo. I said gumbo because she's from you know, Louisiana. I think I'm going to make some gumbo this year. So that's it. All right. That's analyzing the deal. You got to analyze the deal. No. Basically, at the but, end of the anal- analytics is what you per- what you want to make off this property and how long it's going to take you to make it. All right, let's talk about because I I, I kind of touched on that the the acronym CMA. Let's talk about what a CMA is. Yes. A CMA is a comparative market analysis, and what that is 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 anything within a mile radius from the property that sold within the past year that's equivalent or matches the criteria of that property. Correct. And so that's what a CMA is. It's comparative market analysis. And it's very important that you know from an investment standpoint, and we're speaking just on investments, we're going to talk about uh, home ownership and, and purchasing homes and all of that uh, in our show. As well but, as apartments. I love We love investing in apartments and strip malls and all that stuff too. So, But right now we're talking about strictly investment in Homes. Residential single-family homes. There you go. All right. So CMA, Comparative Market Analysis. So that is anything that is within a mile radius of your subject property that matches the criteria of that property. Mm-hmm. That's a CMA. And I like to create my own CMA, so you know. Right. So it might say, this property say, okay, I can sell this property for, I bought this property for 100 I can sell it for 180 We know between this 100 and this 180 I got a twenty thousand profit I want to make, so that's one hundred and twenty thousand. So I, between that, I, for the budget and soft costs, I got about sixty grand. 
and closing costs. I got about 60 grand to spend. So made simple for you. 100 for the property, 20 profit I want to make off of it. I know we can sell it for 180. We got 60 grand to work with between the budget, soft costs, real estate commissions, and all that stuff. Now, it's just up to you how you manage the rest of this money. Right. Because it's all about managing your budget. And, and I will say this as a realtor, you can, in this market, of course, real estate is driven by supply and demand. Yes. So you can push the market um, a little bit in this market because there's not a lot of supply. Which means there are not not a lot of homes on the market, but there is a lot of demand. So because interest rates right now are 2.75 to 3.5, depending on what your debt-to-income ratio and what your credit scores are, people are wanting to buy because you, this is an all-time, has really... Historic. I don't, I don't know well, if it's historic. Might, That's I, what they say. It's a historic. I, yeah, they say. That, who is they? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> historic low. And so, yeah, so people are wanting to buy. They want to, the money that you're spending on rent, because quite frankly, rentals are going up. And so, you know, that same the downtown loft that you were paying 1100 for right now is probably 1300 a month. And so it's going up. And the, so the one thing that you can control in home ownership is what you pay every month. And Correct. so that's very important. So we'll talk about home ownership right now. We're talking about investing. Home ownership does matter, and I'm I'm all for home ownership it because does. with home ownership it it takes an area from looking one way to looking another way, mm-hmm. and especially in the inner city. Mm-hmm. If we had more home ownership in the middle in the inner mm-hmm. city, I think the inner city would be would care about their property and people and because there's money in one uh, park cars in the front yard mm-hmm. on their yard. Mm-hmm. And I always say, investing in real estate or buying a home is like putting money in the bank. Absolutely, it's put. It's a it's a great savings account, mm-hmm. um, and it's a great way to build long term wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, either you buying a home or investing in a home. It's a, it's it's a great way to to build wealth and to you know to live a, a great life to leave something for your kids and their kids. Um, and don't ever turn your nose up at buying in the inner city. It's a great opportunity. Oh well, yeah, especially in a growing city like Birmingham, Alabama, or any growing city. It's a great opportunity to buy stuff mm-hmm. in the inner city. Um, because I know. All, so think about Atlanta. That's how everybody wanted to move out. So everybody yeah. wanted to live in Austin, and everybody wanted mm-hmm. to move out. And mm-hmm. so now, you know, in Atlanta, I say that because it's the the closest metropolitan large city. I mean, everybody's trying to move back. It's like in. Nashville. Nashville. Nashville, same thing. I invested in Nashville back in 2013. I bought a home, and one of my good friends just sent me uh, the statistics on the home. We bought the home for eighty thousand. I think we had a budget of about, I want to say about 120, 130 for that house. We turned around, we sold a house for 399. That was in 2014 when we sold a house because uh, we started on, I think, later, the latter part of 2013. But that house today, taking to mind, next door to him, it's a lady. She come out on her porch, she's going to drink her drinks, she's going to smoke her cigarettes. Next door to that, you got Joe's popping Willis down the street. <laughs> Up the street, you got a little activity going on. But that right house that? today just resold for five ninety nine in the inner city. That's gonna happen to Birmingham sooner than you think. Mm-hmm. That's gonna happen to every major city sooner than you think. That's right. Because it's time to rebuild our inner cities. That's right. And I'm all about rebuilding inner city. I always say I I I, I say this quote all the time. In the, in the hood, it's all good. And I really believe that. It's all good. All right. 
moving on. Number three. You don't think we're giving enough? I think we're giving like almost too much. I think we're gonna stop there today. No, we, you you mentioned five things. You gotta talk about the five things. Well, buying a house, or buying the investment, where you can get the money from. A lot of people always ask me where I get my money from. Well, I go up under my mama mattress. No, you don't. Well, my grandma mattress. <laughs> <laughs> I borrow money for her mattress, <laughs> or you know, building relationships. Mm-hmm. We talked about this today. Building relationships is vitally important. Absolutely. For the longest, I used to invest my own money. Um, but I think Magic said something that's, that rung a bell in my ear. You can only get this far with your own money. In order to get there, you got to have other people's money. Oh, and, and speaking of the, 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 the funny part, not the funny, but, I mean, it's been going on for decades um, as far as when you talk about uh, banks and, and lending particularly to inner city and minority uh, clients, you know, not to make everything about race, but it does uh, affect uh, most minority um, businesses Mm -hmm. and most minority borrowers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's very important. Magic Johnson, you spoke about him. He got turned down from hundreds of banks. Hundreds of banks. And that's magic. Yeah, with a smile, right. that smile. That's yeah, right. Magic. That's magic. <laughs> That's magic. <laughs> you hit him with a magic smile. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> but yeah, magic got turned down literally from hundreds of banks. He did until there was one bank that said, "Okay, I like I like you," you know, because of course he got one foot, one big long seven foot foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, by being, you know, who he is. Yes. And so there was one bank that believed in him, and he turned right back around and gave them their uh, money that he borrowed, gave it right back to him, And that's really how he got going. And so to HBJ's point, you can only do so much with the money or the limited funds that you have yes. in your bank account. And so start building those relationships with bankers, mm-hmm. um, you know, mortgage uh, brokers, you know. Or those. people with more money than you. There you go, too. Or people with more money. Always build those relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, when I was younger, I thought, oh, I don't need those relationships. I don't need this. I don't need that. But as I got older and as I wanna, as we want to continue to grow, I realized how vital those relationships are. And the reason they're important no, is because— It took you a while to realize that because yeah. when, when you and I first started working together, realtor and investor relationship, you strictly used My your own, funds. Yeah. And you had that mentality where— I ain't about to borrow nothing. I'm about, I don't want to owe anybody anything. Yes. I'm going to use my money, and, you know, that's just what it was. And so it took a while as you're growing to develop, you know, shopping centers and, um, you know, apartment complexes and those kind of commercial real estate. I mean, it's going to take those relationships yeah, yeah. to really get the capital. I thought I had capital. a lot of money, y'all, but I looked at my bank account. I realized I wanted a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started to do these investments. I was like, hold on now. My bank account just went down to zero. Yeah, he loved peanut butter. He had to eat peanut butter. <laughs> he had to be peanut so, so I had to learn to build a, <laughs> I had to learn to build those relationships. And those relationships are like any relationship. You have to nurture them. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and the best way to build any relationship with a banker is to be transparent. Absolutely. Don't come in there being nobody who you are not. Mm-hmm. And if you can be who you are as an individual and make that person or per or people mm-hmm. or persons like you like you and respect you for who you are, you can go mm-hmm. far in the business. Mm-hmm. And like Magic did, do everything you say you're gonna do. 
Right. And if you can't do it, if you see one inkling that you can't do it, let them know. Because that goes a long way instead of you not, it's like the bill collector calling you. And you ignoring and the call. you ignoring the call. <laughs> I, I get to them when I get to them. But they get upset after a while. So mm-hmm. always do what you say you're going to do. And that's the best way to build a relationship to get that, those funds mm-hmm. that you're needing. Um, just nurture them. Mm-hmm. Talk to them. Do what you say you're going to do. So that's how you buy. That's where you get the money from. Friends, right. family, banks, um, institutions, people. All right, moving on. The fix. The fix. The rehab. The rehab. Contractors. Yes. Who's going to do it for you? Are you going to do it yourself? Do you know how to do the work? Mm -hmm. Did you watch HGTV? Did you learn how to install hardwoods? Who is going to do the work for you? And this is where House Heist comes in there. Buy the ebook, The Steps to Real Estate Investing. They don't need to buy it, the ebook. You just gave all that. No, the fix is more than just the fix. The rehab is more than just the rehab. It's a lot going on in that part of the business. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the that's the T. Other things you can kind of mess up on. This part, you attention can't. to detail. You can't pay mess attention up. to it. Yeah. All right. Last last thing. Let's wrap it up. Let's go and get you somebody like this to sell your property. You see this? This helps sell my property. Because my properties look like her. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, yeah, I, I really, to, once you get to the end to sell your property, it's some things you got to do. You got to make sure the place is clean, um, that you don't have, like you said, those paint lines everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, staging is important in the sale. Yes. Um, the, price is, the price is right. Uh, and the marketing is right. Um, the marketing, so if a yes. home is priced right and marketed properly, not just sticking your sign in the yard, realtors, um, actually marketing the property right, um, it will sell. Every day, all day. And sometimes you can get more than what you're asking for. Property. Multiple offer situations. Multiple that's offers. what you want as investors, multiple offers. You want yeah. to be able to decide which, which yes. one to take. So that's why the quality of work that you perform is, vital, is important too as well. You got to do the quality of work so you can get the return that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So, that you can, so you can get the – it's called velocity of money. If I can invest this kind of money in, in this short period of time and I can turn it over every 60 days, every 90 days, mm-hmm. uh, I can, I'm turning my money over because I've put the quality of work in. I've done the necessary mm-hmm. things I've done, needed to do. I've given my property to the right realtor who's marketed my property. I got multiple offers on my property. Mm-hmm. It's easy to sell anything then. That's right. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's it. That's the real estate segment of this. And each and every week we will give you tips on how to invest in real estate. And how to really grow and build wealth. Yes. Um, we're going to, I mean, we have a, a phenomenal season ahead of us. We're going to talk about wealth. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about, um, you know, business. We're going to talk about coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, just a phenomenal season. So um, stay tuned. And for we're going to have other special guests on here. Um, Don't mention. Yeah. Real estate is a holistic <laughs> approach. So you need a great team of people around you in life. It's a holistic approach. You need a great team, Ryan. So stay tuned for some special guests that will make that wealth, health, and finance all work together. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode of House Heist Uncut. Each week we talk about, you know, it's, it's really uncut. We talk about real estate, mindset. Um, health, wellness. Um, the tea, what they say. They say. They say. And we actually like to, you know, 
we use real estate as a vehicle to build wealth for our family, and we want the same for you. When you're buying a home or if you're investing in real estate, you can do the same. Mm-hmm. So each week we speak about that. We give you topics and tips and mm-hmm. how to do because we've been doing this 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, between the, both of us, we've been doing it 40 years. So it's a lot of wealth and knowledge between the two of us. That's right. I love it. All right. So House Heights Uncut, thank you so much for tuning in. We will look forward to talking with you on the next episode. And when opportunity knocks. Answer. <laughs>